Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Arizona Field Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be kind of, well, we're kind of going back to our last subject. Uh, if you remember the last episode, episode number 17, we sat down with Chris Rich, who owns the Arizona Fly Shop uh, up on the Cactus Road here in Phoenix, Arizona. But along with us in that episode, he wasn't in. He was in the room, but not on the episode. Was Mr. Ethan Beasley? Ethan is the media guy for Arizona Fly Shop. He is a fantastic photographer, and in fact, he makes that. You know, that's his career. He's a wedding photographer by trade, and as he's going to tell you, uh, he just pretty much just shoots photos so we can go fishing more. So uh, he's a really cool guy. But his passions align with mine in that we're both really into photography. Uh, we jump down some rabbit holes in the photography world, um, but our end goal is to hopefully give you guys some inspiration, some tips and tactics on how you can be getting better uh, photographs you know, on your hunting and fishing and hiking trips. So hopefully you guys get a lot out of this. I know I had a lot of fun recording it with, with Ethan. And uh, yeah, let's dive right in. All right, so let's jump right into this one. So, uh, yeah, I'm sitting across from Ethan Beasley. Um, I mean, apart from your name, do you want to, like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, so I'm a, I'm a photographer based here in Phoenix. Um, I actually primarily focus on weddings. Um, I get asked why weddings all the time. And aside from the fact that I actually really enjoy it, it allows me to work on the weekends when all the rivers and lakes are all flooded with people. And then I get to fish Monday through Thursday when I have whatever body of water I want completely to myself. Yeah. Cause it's, you say you're based here, but you're traveling all over. to do Yeah. I, tra- I travel all over the place. Uh, just booked a wedding yesterday in San Antonio this coming, like, f- you know, this coming summer, I've got trips in Montana, Washington, uh, Wyoming, Colorado, California, New Mexico, Virginia, New Jersey, New York, and Boston. So apart from those last three, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we definitely plan on fishing when we're in Virginia. We're going to fish the Potomac River. And then uh, and then when we're in New York, I think we're going to head up and do the uh, the Catskills thing. There you go. Yeah. Are you, are you going to be in NYC area or? I mean... Typically, when I go on these trips, like, I mean, out here in the West, like, I grew up in Ohio, where, like, driving 30 minutes away was, like, clear across town. You're right. You know, we kind of get used to just a certain standard of how long drives take. So, like, you know, for me, like, a short drive is, like, three or four hours. So, if I, for me, going upstate New York is, like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not that far, is it? Right. I mean, so... My wedding that I'm working is in, like, the New York City area. Okay, that's, yeah. So, I mean, the cats are only an hour and a half or so, probably, yeah. at the outside. Right, which, you know, a.k.a., like, half the distance of us from the White Mountains. <laughs> right. So, it's not very far at all. Yeah, actually, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking, in, in that country, you got, the, you got the cats, which, I mean, it's, I think that's where everybody is doing some fly fishing wants to go. It's the birthplace of American fly fishing. Right. Dry fly mecca. Yeah, with the big oversized hackles. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm just thinking if you go a little bit further, you're getting up into the, the, the Mohawk Valley region. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal fishing up there. See, too. and I don't know much about fishing out east. I just know the cat skills, so that's probably where I'll head. And then, you know, yeah, I'll yep. probably go out there, run into some guys, and they'll be like, oh, you got to go up to the Mohawk area. Well, if you go up, if you – well, I guess that's technically part of the cat school. But I'm just thinking like um, – uh, 
I mean, you got Orvis is right there just across the border. Yeah. I mean, just over in the bat and kill. You got the mm-hmm. bat and kill, the, fi- the beaver kill, the fish kill, which I probably should put out there. Everybody thinks like these, like New York has these weird names because, you know, everything ends in kill. Everything's like must be with death. And it's like, no, the kill is actually, it's Dutch. Remember, it's Dutch for creek. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, which always rem- kind of had to laugh because, like, uh, I used to work around Cobleskill. Uh, and everybody said, oh, it's Cobleskill, Cobleskill Creek. So it's Cobles Creek Creek. <laughs> yeah. It's right. one of those kind of areas. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, no, that's, I mean, that's going to be a lot of fun mm-hmm. down there. But the reason that we're on this podcast today, I know Mark's going to run us out of here pretty soon if we don't get on this topic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's got a class at the shop here. Yeah, so we're, at the, we're in the back room. We're at the AZ Fly Shop, um, where, in addition to your wedding photography, you're the media guy. Yeah, I kind of, you know, it's funny because... I, I remember, you know, we all kind of started to hear at the same time, like, oh, there's a fly shop opening up in Phoenix. And uh, Chris is, one of his, like, family friends is this guy named Ryan Tamita. And I did, like, I've done fishing trips with Ryan. I just, and I was doing Ryan's headshots. Um, and he was like, dude, you got to get in contact with Chris. Like, you got to you got to get involved with this shop. Like, I think that like you actually have something to offer. And I'm like, well, maybe. So <laughs> I ended up just like, you know, meeting up with Chris and it, it went from being like a, hi, I'm Ethan. I can do this to just like, I just show up and they're like, Hey, we're putting you to work. Okay. I guess I'm doing stuff here already. <laughs> and then it just, I don't know. It just kind of turned into this. And now we're shooting all this media content. We're shooting fly tying videos for, we're gonna have a lot more fishing kind of content coming up. Not that the, yep. the season's kind of really coming into its own. Yeah. Um. I don't know when it comes to the carp stuff. I kind of let them just handle that. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't, don't want to sound like a purist, with... but I don't know. The carp thing isn't really for me. Uh. Yeah. The carp's really a. It's a polarizing little spot, isn't it? It is. I don't it... know. I mean, you know, I was in the room here while you guys were doing the episode with Chris, and uh, like you know, he he kind of mentioned like it's not really about the fish. It's really just about like the experience, yeah. And for me, I, I definitely agree with that. And like, I don't know. For me, part of the experience is going out to a wild place and just kind of soaking it all in. Yeah. And I don't really get that experience from a canal in the middle of Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely a different experience. Um, I think I get it more so just that I'm not indoors. Yeah. Like that's fair. Because I I get cabin fever in like half an hour. Really? You know, I oh I, I can't sit and watch a movie. I can't play video games not for very long. You know, I get, you know, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go do something. Gotta, right. You know, I don't want to sit here like it's like, ADHD for a fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. The way I can put it. Um, but yeah, it's it, I I love it mostly for the experience and I love it for the challenge too with, mm-hmm. with the cart. You know, it's they've been the bane of my existence this summer yeah um, they are tough and like i you know i definitely i know someone's gonna listen to this and go like oh ethan doesn't fish or carp because he can't fish <laughs> and that might be true um i just i don't know man they, don't they know. got the I carp think, thing going on i think that with that one bass trip kind of speaks for itself <laughs> yeah just i mean we didn't catch any fish so maybe maybe i can't fish oh <laughs> well, maybe but uh <laughs> But the reason we were going to do this podcast today is photography. I mean, it is, yeah. So, I mean, you're a photographer. You do the media here at the Fly Shop. Um, and I wanted to do a podcast on helping folks get 
better field photos. Right. And, you know, so, because, I mean, you know, I'm in the same boat as you are. I'm not a wedding photographer, but, you know, I enjoy, I, I like my big mirrorless cameras. I like, right. you know, I like having a, a camera in my hands. But you don't always have that. Right. Um, I'm thinking, like, everybody that's going to listen to this podcast is going to have a smartphone. Sure. Um, I bet you or more. Or GoPro, you know, everybody exactly. kind of picks them up. They're cheap. Yeah. Right. It's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a smartphone. It's going to be a GoPro. Uh, especially, you know, a lot of guys are starting to run their own YouTube videos, uh, point and clicks, um, mm-hmm. which even those are starting to get now standing like the Sony RX4 or RX100 series. Um, RX4 is a bow. Uh, you know, you're getting all those little point and click kind of cameras that are just making a world of their own, especially the vloggers and all them are running it. But being able to take a good field photo and then I think I'm going to transcribe this a little bit because this is not going to be just a fishing specific one. I know you're right. a fly fisherman, but I mean, a lot of what we're going to be talking about is going to apply to both the fishing world, the, the hiking world, the hunting world. It's just taking a better photo than just, you know, putting the photo. The, you know, you see everybody, you know, I got my my phone out, you know, you open the app, you put it at eye level, you take the photo and you walk away. Right. And then you sit, you're sitting at home going, you know, at least with me anyways, I'm kind of, I'll sit at home going, you know, I wish that was a little bit better photo. You right. know, it was why, you know, or you see, the, you know, everybody's, which I know social media is a highlight. You know, it's not real life. You know, it's just a highlight of, of our high points. The best parts of the best parts. The yeah. best parts of the best parts. But you're seeing these epic photos getting put out there. It's like, all right, I want to take a photo like that. So that stuff can be a little tricky just, you know, to, to kind of go back to like, what you're saying about like you know yeah we all have our phones and everything and and whether you're hunting or fishing or just hiking like we all have kind of our same needs as far as how we want to shoot it we all kind of also have our own same like limitations right so whether you're hunting or fishing like you don't have just like an infinite amount of room to just pack camera equipment right you know use what you got you use what you got and like you know conversely i've had a hard time segueing from shooting in my professional life to shooting my fishing trips just because Mm -hmm. like I'm coming from the perspective I've got so much gear and I want to bring all of it but I can't so now I'm having to force myself to downsize my equipment whether it's the size or the weight or anything like that so I find myself shoot like shopping for a lot of the same equipment that hunters and fishermen are shopping for just purely out of need right you know rather than like going out and buying this ten thousand dollar camera body that's just an absolute like titan of a camera, it's too much for shooting fishing. I don't have I'm not I don't want to carry around a nine pound camera. Right. <laughs> so I find myself shopping for the same, you know, like six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollar cameras that are gonna be kind of power packed all the features that I want that is still light enough for me to be able to like carry with me on the field. Cause like, you know, it doesn't make much sense for us to carry all this big gear and sacrifice on the actual hunting and fishing equipment that we actually need. Right. You're actually, you're, yeah, you're, you're trying to capture it, but you're detracting from the, from the experience because right. you're lugging around all this extras. Yeah. And you know, all that stuff you see online with these like amazing hero shots of this and that, like that you, you can be easily fooled by that stuff. Cause a lot of that stuff is all like kind of bought and paid for, you know, especially <laughs> with fishing. Like, you know, you, they might have like a photographer that brings entire bags worth of equipment and then they go and hire the best guy in the state, and then they go and you know they go and shoot that animal or catch that fish, and they right. can set it up and make it a whole production. But that's not realistic for most of us. Most of us, we just we want something easy, 
that in the in the heat of the moment we can just reach for it and start shooting. Right, and and that's exactly what I want to go to is so like I'm thinking. Well, you know, in that last episode, Chris showed us that photo of that rainbow he had. Right. I mean, that was a monstrous rainbow, and that was a really cool photo that he had too. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's which I mean, our listeners aren't they don't know what we're talking about other than right. You know, they know that it was a big fish on camera, but it's some rules or things to think about for folks when they want to take that good photo and get the best out of and it and get the best that they can get out of it. You know, mm-hmm. really capture. And you know, memorialize that moment because that's all a photo is—is is just capturing a moment, right? You know, and, and that moment's going to be full of. Um, I know with with your wedding stuff, it's all about the emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, photography—it really all boils down to light, though. It is, and like you know, like obviously, like you know, you and I have a trained eye for that kind of stuff. But like, I mean, how many times have you seen like a fishing picture where, you know, like the guy's holding that great big fish and he's got a hat on and like, you can see the fish fine, but like, right. It's pulled down over his eye. Yeah. It's just, you you just see just pure black over his whole face. You're like, I I mean, I think that's that guy, but (laughs) I can't be sure. (laughs) Right. So there's like little things to kind of be aware of. I mean, if you, if it's a cloudy day, just go nuts. I mean, the, the light's diffused everywhere. It's not that big of a deal, but we don't often run into that situation, especially here in Arizona. Right. So, you know, make sure the sun's either completely behind you or completely in front of you. Sometimes if you, you know, if it's on one side or the other, you can get into some trouble with that. Right. And I mean, one of the nice parts here too, well, with this is that the better fishing, it's not very often it's going to happen when the, when the sun is, is super high. I You're mean, right. we catch fish yeah. midday, but a lot of the, the really good fishing is going to be somewhat correlated to that golden hour and that blue mm-hmm. hour and, 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 you know, when the sun is at these really aesthetic angles. Right. Um, so being able to recognize and take advantage of that, you know, sometimes, you know, if you're taking a photo at sunset or sunrise, but your subject is looking at you and you're looking at the sun you know, they're going to be so backlit, you're not going to get a single detail out of the front. You're right. Especially. It'll all be hazy. and Yeah. yeah. I mean, with a DSLR or a mirrorless or whatever, you know, you can somewhat help that. Especially right. in post, post editing. But for the guy that's running, you know, his Android or his iPhone or just whatever he's got for, a, you know, right there, it's probably going to be, well, it's going to be the limitations of the camera. Sure. Um, but also he's going to be shooting JPEG. He's not shooting in raw. Right. I say, keep saying he, he, she, whomever is shooting the photo. Right. Is you're, you're going to have JPEG. So it's going to really limit your, your editing potential. Um, and just cause I'm thinking for folks that don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Raw or raw versus JPEG. Right. You know, I think everybody's dealt with JPEG. You know, if you're doing anything where on computers, you're used to that image file. Right. Versus well, I guess what you know with the, the the starting point for anybody that's listening to this, you're not you're not shopping for a Canon One DX or a Sony A seven S three. Right. You know these are professional tools that are really only used by photographers and videographers that demand the absolute best. I mean you're not jumping straight into those. Most people aren't. So most people are starting with their phone. And I'm going to bring up a website. It's called Moment. The website shopmoment.com. Let me make sure. It is. It's shopmoment.com. I have no affiliation at all with this website. I have bought a lot from them, but they have a whole awesome set of 
products that are designed for phone photography, whether it's like a camera stabilizer so you can get some video without any shake, or you know they have filters that can help like filter out some of like the haze from the sun if you got the sun in the shot, like little things like this, and they they, they pack into nothing. Yeah, and that way you can shoot good. I mean, maybe not good. You can shoot decent <laughs> video or decent photos on your phone, and it's going to be way way better than what you're currently getting. And then, you know, if, if, if it's something you find yourself enjoying, maybe then step up and buy that camera. And then, you know, you can figure out different stuff from there. But, like, buying phone accessories from this sh- from this website specifically is a good idea because they sell some really high product, you know, high-end stuff. Nice. Yeah, and I'll, that's one thing I don't know. Cause I, you know, I carry my phone, but, you know, I, I usually have an SLR Right. Um, well, a mirrorless, but yeah, uh, around with me. Like because I you're in the habit of doing it. Right. I right. I enjoy the photography, and I like I like that product, and I like I like the whole process of it. Um, cause, I mean, I'm sitting here. I, I'm a Sony guy. I jumped on that bandwagon. Um, I'm sitting here with my two, the one I started out with. Uh, actually, the one I started out with was a Nikon D3300 mm-hmm. SLR DSLR. Um, got stolen. Uh, stolen out of my truck. Yeah. So thanks to the insurance money, um, I upgraded one to the, a- the A6000, um, which is the bottom uh, crop sensor. Yeah, it, but it, I mean, even at the bottom, it like it's just leaps and bounds above what a smartphone can do. Yes. And people yeah. will go, oh, well, my smartphone has like 30 megapixels. It's, like, it's not the same thing. It's, a, it's, it's not about people the get resolution. So hung it's up about the megapixels. sensor. <laughs> I know. It, it's, it, it, and you know what? Like, you know, my primary cameras now are a 1DX, and that's an 18-megapixel camera. Yeah. And then I have the, I just switched to the R6 with a mirrorless, and I shoot medium raw on that, which equates to, like, probably, I think, 16 megapixels. Like, shooting with super high resolution, most of the time, unless you're shooting, like, print work, like, it's going to give you more fits than it's worth, especially if you're shooting in low light. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing anything outdoors-related, that's most of the time. Right. Yeah, your ISO is going to get cranked. You're cranked. Gonna, the yeah. higher resolution means more noise because you're still you're packing more pixels into the same you know frame. Yeah, and a lot of guys are gonna want to turn that uh, the aperture up a little bit or down rather, trying to get to that that more wide open shot. So you yeah. have to really mess with your depth of field. And yeah, it's there's <laughs> there's a lot that goes into there in is. this photography. Um, but for the guy with the smartphone. Uh, I mean, I think the, the well, I think the number one word that comes to my mind is composition. Right. Being able to compose an image, and then the composition, to me, it's well, like you said, lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, your lighting is going to be everything. It's going to be getting, make sure that subject is fully lit, and that's right. the subject. You know, especially for um, a fishing photos, it might be, you know, a close-in shot of a brown trout. You know, I'm thinking back to some of these epic photos that I've seen of a brown trout getting put back you know his head's back in the water just starting to slip back in you see every single scale you get every dot every everything coming out but if he's other side he's just going to be a black silhouette right you know so fish are a little easier just because they they're so shiny they reflect everything but if you got like a deer or something if they're not in good light like they're gonna look terrible yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'm thinking like, especially like darker wildlife. Yeah. Like, I mean, as dark as you're gonna get. I mean, you got black bears. You got um, moose are pretty dark. I mean, yeah, you got very d- deep chocolate moose. Um, and I'm I'm just thinking because my thing is with it doesn't matter if you're shooting fish, birds, mammals, it's all about the eye. Right. 
um, making sure that you have the eye sheen. Because if your eye is out of focus, that's where our, our eyes naturally go. And it's something that just doesn't ever look right. And um, you want it to be the eye that's closer to you. So if someone's got right. their head turned or something, you want the eye that's like, even if it's just like a quarter of an inch, yeah, it, it translates better. Right. Because I'm thinking of those, those darker. Because I have a black lab. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, boom. So impossible to take pictures of. He is such a pain. I love taking gun dog photography. Right. Um, my buddies run German Shark Pointers, uh, Wire Hairs, Britneys. Um, he's really, but they, like, even a dark, like a liver headed GSP tends to have later colored eyes. Mm-hmm. And they just pop. Right. A lab doesn't do that. A lab tends to have these more deeper, sunken eyes. Um, and then with Boone, you know, he's got all this really thick black fur, you know, it's got a lot of sheen to it itself. Mm -hmm. And then he's got very dark brown eyes with that, with that jet black pupil. Right. Getting his eyes to come in focus. Without the rest of the image being completely white. Is such a pain in the rear. And I think, and so, but having something more brightly colored. You know, like even a yellow lab can be kind of tough because there is no contrast. It's just a yellowish, brownish eye right to, you know, it's, you know, chocolate labs are freaking easy. Yeah. Bright yellow eye, brown head. They're freaking easy. Um, Britneys tend to be really easy, um, very light colored. Mm -hmm. Uh, GSPs, German Shirt Pointers, are very lightly colored. Um, Even a Spinone has such a contrast, an Italian Pointer. Right. Where they've got such a contrast. They have such emotional eyes. I, like, I, I got... A buddy um, that we that I train with, um, and he's got a Spinone named Rudy, and I love photographing Rudy, just because his eyes, like he is, he's a piece of work unto himself. Right. But his eyes, like he's just all, especially you know I got one soulful. Oh my God, he's like it's like you're looking into another human. <laughs> like like I got a photo of him. Uh, we were doing a training day last February, and he's got this this quail in his mouth. Is Bob White, and he's looking right at the camera. I mean, right down the barrel, and which that's something I'm gonna take this tangent to. Um, he's looking right at the barrel, and you can, like you said, you swear you can see his soul. Like he's looking, right. but there's so much like happy emotion in his eyes. Like, oh yeah, I got this quail, you know, and and that's that's a moment. That's mm-hmm. that's what we look for as photographers. It's also just it's like the moments we hunt for as outdoorsmen, you know, and that's essentially we're trying to just distill that, that moment. That adulation is key. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just the adul- you know, the high moments, but also getting the low moments. I mean, even what you something like in the moments, oh, I don't want to I don't want to remember this. It's like, well, mm-hmm. down the line, you're going to want to remember it. You're going to yeah. you're the low moments are what we learn from. Mm-hmm. And I think having yeah, and that, I, th- I think that's something that's important too, because I, you know, I've I, once I started shooting my fishing trips, I would see things that like I'd be doing wrong with my casting, or I'd see I'd, I'd I'd look I'd be able to like like stare at water I was reading and be able to like really dissect it since I wasn't in the moment. Yeah, and it helps me like learn and move forward from where I was at. You yeah, because it's doing the photography. You really it, you it's like gain, watching the tape. Yeah yeah. But you gain you gain this extra eye for detail mm-hmm. that I think a lot of folks just you know they're living in the moment, but at the same time you know they might overlook a few things. Right. It's like if you're looking for a good photographic moment, that you're hypersensitive uh, to everything. Yeah, going on. even unconsciously, you tend to look for the detail. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, even just uh, well, you and I were floating the river 
yeah. a little while back. And we came around that corner, we hit that big cliff face, and I said, you know, that would be, I want to shoot a video here. Yeah, and you were and, pointing out all those birds. That was sweet. Yeah, but yeah. I was thinking, like, that's, I just had to laugh because you had said you had just done a video there, <laughs> yeah. like, like the year before. Um, but, I mean, coming out and, you know, it's well, we're fishing, you know, we spend a lot of time looking at the water, looking at the seams, watching weed lines, um, looking for fish. But just getting up and seeing all that that cliff face before that corner was, that was beautiful. That right. was gorgeous, right, right unto itself. And was I with you when we hit that horse? No, but you you put oh, it up. But yeah. I wasn't, no, we had we had those horses crossed in front of That's us. That's right. But, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't with you when you hit the horse. <laughs> yeah, that was just. Oh, I love that river. Sometimes I hate that river because I feel like college kids just like destroy it. But man, when you can That's find some solitude, yeah, it is every river. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't know, man. I do love. It. I'm, I'm going to be floating it tomorrow. Um, hopefully, I don't hit a horse tomorrow. But yeah, anyways, like back to photography. Um, well, no, you, you, you kind of you brought up you hit, you hit a horse. You got to at least yeah, you're get right. a little bit more. Well, there was just like a pack of horses crossing the river, and it was like kind of this like narrow shoot. Like it was like the the river itself is still very wide. But, like, you know, let's say it was 50 feet wide, and for 20 feet on either side, it was, like, ankle deep. And then this chute right down the middle goes down to, like, I don't know, four and a half, five feet. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, the water just picks up like crazy. And we see that, you know, I, we see this pack of horses coming, so I start to just slow down. The water's not ripping, so it's not like I'm panicking. So I'm just slowing the boat down, letting them pass, and... One of the horses decides, like, I'm not ready to go. So he just kind of hangs back. So I'm like, all right, cool. Then I'll go through. And then, like, right at the 11th hour, this horse is like, nah, I'm going to change my mind. And it starts crossing right in front of us. So I'm, like, on the the oars, just, like, really just backpedaling, trying to slow down. And I hit this horse. Like, just, I go through the chute, and I hit the horse, like, like right on its back end. <laughs> I do I... I'm glad you told it. That's the third. That's the third time you told me that story, and it, it's it's just it's it's funny and it's not funny at the exact same time. But the I always horse laugh. is fine, so it's funny. Like I didn't kill the horse. That right. would not, it's not be like a you funny hit him story. With a pontoon boat. You hit him with a rubber raft. Yeah, and I also didn't hit him on purpose. Right. Like, I did everything I could not to hit him, but the just the dumb dumb horse just like he knew I was coming. He kept looking at me. He knew yeah. I was heading that direction. Yeah, so and he. Did it anyways. Dumb little colt or something. I, I did everything I could have to not hit that horse. It's all on him. Oh man. Um, but you know, like <laughs> it, when when it comes to like the photography, you know, I float a lot. You yeah. know, I, I used to wait a lot, and I still do. Um, but I, I I find myself floating more often than not, and so it's way easier for me to bring a bunch of equipment because I have a whole big rack on the back of my raft. Right. If you're hunting, I mean, geez, you hunters like bring so much stuff with you because a lot of times you have to sleep out there too. Yeah, it's and so a lot of that is you're trying to maximize that because you got all this extra gear. Right. So and that's you know why the camera gear's got to be kind of shrunk down. Yeah. Kind of thing. So you're otherwise it's the first thing that gets cut from the bag when you're packing everything together. Right. And I, and I think that's why you see a lot more because like with your wedding photography, you run. Pretty much, almost exclusively primes. I know you, you, right. you got your seventy two hundred, and that's my only zoom the lens that I own. Period. Right. So you're mostly running. Your, yeah. yeah. You, you, well, you show the they got the big one hundred five, you got the eighty five, got the twenty, you got the fifty. Thirty five. Yeah. Thirty five. Yeah. And they're not small lenses. No. And then I only take a twenty four to seventy two eight mm-hmm. on mine. Just 
I I don't have time. It's too dirty. To keep swapping lenses. You know, I'm out there in the wind and the dust, and you know, I don't want to keep swapping out. Right. Um, you're almost better off carrying two bodies. I know a lot, yeah. of, a lot of professional guys do. They'll carry two bodies, and then those one lives with a 7200, one lives with like a 1424. Yeah, and that's it. Or and, and that's pretty standard whether you're shooting hunting fishing like sports weddings even like you know having two bodies with two kind of versatile lenses is kind of standard but if you're really out in the field like that's not super feasible right. you're, not, you're not always able to do that and i mean that's why i like my 24 to 70 like, right. I, I feel like i hit that sweet spot um i can i can't all get as wide as you can with that 20 prime mm-hmm. and i'm definitely not reaching to 200 but between that, you know, what I can get and what I can get in post, you know, I'm It's I'm like, the, it's right like the Subaru Outback of lenses. Like, it's got the all-wheel drive. It'll do just about everything except for, like, the hardcore stuff. And you're like, yeah, I can't do that at all. Yeah, but I feel like a hipster when you compare it to a Subaru Outback. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Dude, I, I drive mean, an F-150. It's... I know. <laughs> But, you know, you're in a fly shop. You know how many fly fishermen drive for freaking Subarus? Like, dude, uh, we dude, could You're just... going to New York in the Catskills. The, our joke was, well, I went to college in the Adirondacks, just north of there. Mm-hmm. And the the joke was that the Subaru Outback was the unofficial car of the Adirondacks. Yes, yeah, same thing with Colorado. You go to any mountain town in Colorado, everyone's yep. driving a Subaru. All you see is Outbacks and Tacomas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Funny how that ends up being how it is. Yeah, um, does it, and yeah I, think, I think the Tacoma is the unofficial vehicle of just Arizona. Yeah, just or really anything Toyota. Yeah, although we get out of Phoenix. Yeah, Forerunners. You get out of Phoenix though, and you start seeing a lot of uh, F two fifty and three fifties. Yeah, you definitely get back out in the ranching country. But yes, yeah, so yeah, man, we, we keep, are terrible. At I know. Stay on we are, topic. Yeah, for tangents. two guys that love photography as much as we do, I know it's. <laughs> well, uh, and, you know, I I feel like I I have to bring this up at some point. I actually purchased a camera specifically for my fishing and travel stuff and it's actually a street photography camera you've actually messed around with it yeah it's the fuji x 100v i love that thing it is the size of a cell phone well it's bigger big cell phone a big cell phone the lens is it sticks out a little bit but it's not a huge lens it's got incredible image quality it shoots 4k video it's very lightweight yeah it's easy to pack um if i was to recommend any camera for somebody that's like that's seriously wanting to go out and shoot stuff without being in a full like production for it. Yeah. That'd be the camera I'd recommend. See, and I'm in the same boat as I love that Fuji that you got, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if I was, if I wasn't, if I didn't want to carry a DSLR, but I was looking for something to take good photos, not always, you know, I'm not going to blow them up into a poster, but really good photos, shoot 4k video, Dude, I don't, I don't know. I'm staying on that Sony bandwagon. Like, yeah. The, the well, Sony makes, I mean, like, this smaller guy you got right here. Yeah, this is the, the it's, A6000. It's really not any bigger or smaller than the Fuji, It's and it's going to be packed with the same kind of features. Yeah, I mean, and this has got a 30 mil uh, 1.4 on mm-hmm. it. But, uh, well, they make, the, like, the pancake lenses, too, like the like the really, really, really short, short lenses. Yep. And I know Canon makes some. I think Sony has some. It'll be like a 22 f 2.8 or something, something standard. But like, you know, I look at a camera like that. I'm like, yeah, it's super lightweight. It's packed with all this stuff, but that lens is huge. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I love this lens. Yeah. Like, but I feel like for folks. Like you're going to be, you have to make some trade-offs. Like if you're going to be out shooting this stuff, you can't, there's no such thing as a camera that's not going to take up room. 
No, it's it's all going to take, and you just, you just got to figure out how much you can give up, like right. how much you're going to trade off. Because, like I said, like this, I got my my go to is an A7 III mm-hmm. by by Sony um, with a Sigma 24728. Right. This isn't small. Um, I mean, I carry. I got a. Do you bring it with you when you're out in the field? When I'm hunting, it's always with me. Really? Um, that's what I was. I got a. Uh, Peak Design makes these. Amazing company. Yeah, and I got the. It's the. I forget what they call it, but it's the one that it's got a little mount that goes around your backpack strap. Mm-hmm. So this camera just hangs right here. Yeah. And that's why I got that with the A six thousand because it's a really small light camera. Uh. So when I went to the A seven three, I was worried about you know it's gonna be too heavy. I'm gonna have to jump to like a uh, what's the one everybody's running now? Cotton carrier. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was going to jump to a cotton carrier because it seems like a lot of the guys were in the big like 500 mil, the bird watching guys. Um, they're all running that. Yeah, and that, a lot of that's just because like it's not so much that it, you need something beefier to carry the weight. It's just you want something that's going to be more comfortable to hike in because those cotton carriers are padded. Yeah. So if you if you're walking, that lens is kind of bouncing back and forth. The cotton carrier is more padded, so it it. It's just more comfortable. Yep. But, there, I mean, there's tons of options. And, actually, I think that's something that's worth going into is, you know, like Spider, um, I forget. I think it's like Spider Holsters. They make, like, a, a belt. And it's really great. Like, you can just, it's like a utility belt. And you can just clip the camera on there. And it clips and yep. it doesn't go anywhere. Like, you know, you don't have to just carry the camera in your bag. I mean, I would recommend it just because of the elements. Sometimes, like, a storm comes in out of nowhere. But, like. But that depends. So, that's something that I learned the hard way. Mm-hmm. Is that when I'm in the field, if my camera is in my pack, like even so, I do a lot of upland hunting, right? And I wear, so I wear a, a a quail vest, you know, which has a, a bird bag. Um, and a lot of times, if I'm just out shooting or running dogs or whatever, I don't always shoot. You know, I want to see somebody else shoot. I want to get a photo of them shooting. So a lot of times, my camera will be would be in that game bag. I wouldn't grab it. You're right. That's a good point. You know, I'd yeah, be in the moment, I'd, right there, you won't do it. Yeah. So if it's on my chest, if it's, uh, so I said, like, I got this clip, and I can with that, it's kind of handy. You saw on your belt. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing. If I'm wearing a heavy leather belt, like a gun belt style, I could put that clip on my hip, mm-hmm. and I can walk around like that. But just with a with a vest and packs and whatnot, doesn't always work out. Right. Um. But yeah, I'll throw that on my backpack strap, and it's right there. It's just oh, there's a there's something right here. It just reach up, push a button. It's a little flick of my wrist, and the camera's in action, and right. I'm, you know, and that shutter's rolling right then and there. Um, and a lot of times, I'll have a shotgun bounced over one shoulder, you know, shooting photos. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you're I'm right. Have you're good- having it be like easily accessible is a big deal, and I think that's why it took me so long to like really talk myself into shooting while I was out fishing. Because I, I, you know, I'm looking back now. I'm like, yeah, I actually never do put my camera in my. Right. And the only this, time it's in my bag is if the bag's open and I'm rowing the boat. Right. And that's and I think that it applies just as much to the to the, to the smartphone guys because I don't want to because I feel like we're talking mostly towards guys like us, you know. So working at the shop here, I'm the only guy that does like that's actually a photographer, but like Chris is doing videos constantly. And when I first started like working with the shop here, Chris is always doing all these videos. That's fun. I'm like, dude, Chris, like, stop. Like, right. let's get some better video. But, like, I mean, I, I realized early on, like, oh, that's not a battle I'm going to win. So rather than telling people, hey, don't use your phone, maybe the conversation should be more about, like, here's how to do it better. And that's that's actually where I wanted to go with this podcast. Right. Is, you know, I wanted to make these better. Like, so the whole composition, you know, being able to frame that shot and be able to 
tell that story. But mm-hmm. you're not going to get that if the phone's, you know, if it's scrolled away in a pack in a dry bag somewhere. I mean, right. I mean, they're, they're not cheap. I mean, for my tax bracket, they're not cheap. They're $1,000 for a camera. <laughs> yeah, it just it happens um, to be something we all have, though. That's the difference. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's got one. So, like, having it tucked in your pocket in your waders, having it in an open pack, something that you don't have to... If there's not, I don't want any more than two steps mm-hmm. to get my camera. If there's three yeah. steps, like, so I wear a sling pack when I'm waiting. And it's unbuckle the sling pack, you know, because the, the, they have that keeper strap. Right. I always have that done up. Unbuckle the keeper strap, turn it, zip it, grab it. There's too many steps. I'm not going to do it. It's right. going to be too much of a hassle. I want that in. And that's funny because those sling packs are designed to be the solution for people like you. But it it is for fishing equipment where okay. I have yeah. time. I've got time. Oh yeah, I want to change this fly. Bring it around, you know. But if I mm-hmm. so, oh, there's a bird flying by, or oh, I want that shot. Yeah, you don't have the time. You don't have the time. I want to be able to just you know go into that that chest pocket in my waders, the one that you know tucks on the inside. Yeah. Grab that, flip it up. Camera's there. Bang! I'm on. You know, I want two steps. It's grab, flip, or flip, unzip, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. However you want to word it out. Is that I want just those quicks? Because if it's too much, I'm gonna ignore it. I'm gonna say, "Oh, I'm living in the moment today," and I won't get the photo. Right. And I won't get that shot. And the same thing, um, you know, say you and I are fishing together, and we're just going down. I don't know. Let's pick something other than the Salt River, Oak Creek. We're walking down Oak Creek, and you hook into a giant brownie. Said, so, "Oh, we gotta get the photo." Mm-hmm. But if I got to start digging through stuff, I got stuff dropping everywhere. I'm trying to help you out with the fish. Yeah, and then, like, I need help with the net, and you're trying to, like, fumble right. with equipment, and then it's just you know, the whole versus, thing's a fiasco. Right, versus yeah. if, I can, if, I, if I know the phone's already there, I can I can run the net. I can get the fish. You know, you can get the fish. You, know, get, you have time to get your hands wet, get the fish, keep them low. And I can, all I got to do is reach down, grab my phone, and then and this is where it's going to help out the guys, I think, with uh, – the, with the smartphones because everybody's gonna want to just stand there right mm-hmm. and you know say you're kneeling down because you got this fish you can't get them out of the water that far uh you know i'm gonna look down on you and take that shot you know so the, the camera's angled down at like a 45 degree angle that's a good shot of the fish but as far as like an instagram photo will say that's not the shot that's right. so much more potential that could have happened with that photo um Namely, me being like with me thinking, you know, if you go through your rule of thirds, which for folks that don't understand rule of thirds is you kind of you you create a nine boarded checkerboard on with, in your camera screen, um, and with just, even spacing. With even spacing, yeah. So it's line, 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 line. You know, two vertical, two sideways. So you got three squares, um, three squares wide, three squares tall, and then where those lines intersect your upper thirds and your lower thirds and your center thirds. Um, put the important parts. Put the important parts. Yeah, keep them in there so you're getting this negative space that can also have... That helps tell the story. Yeah, because you want to tell that story. So if you're at Oak Creek, you know, get low and put that angler... Say you're you're on whatever bank. Um, you're, the fisherman is going to be on your right compared mm-hmm. to water. So, I mean, you're getting low. You, I, I would get at his eye level or lower. Right. Um, as whatever makes sense, and then you know, keep looking, keep hunting with that screen. See what um, just looks more interesting. You know, a right. friend of mine, he he's a big like outdoor tourism photographer, yep. and the the thing he's always preaching is higher, lower, further, closer. Like just 
don't just just pull out your phone just shoot it like play around with the composition get closer get further yep. kneel down or shoot you know shoot completely down on it like don't just shoot it from your eye level because that that doesn't really tell a story it's just that's the lazy part yeah yeah i mean your legs are the best zoom you're gonna have yeah absolutely um, especially with a cell phone because like you know yeah. the the beautiful thing with a cell phone is like in a way you're you're limited in a way that it removes all the like unnecessary thinking you know as yes. a as a photo- as photographers with multiple lenses we somehow get into the the problem of being like well we've got so much equipment what if i shot this way or this way or this way and then the moment's gone yep. you guys you know if you're if you only have a phone or you only have a gopro it's just like boom this is what i got this is what i got to make work yeah and it's just like when i got into photography the best thing i ever did was bought a prime lens mm-hmm. yeah and because it forced you to think about the shot more right it wasn't just a, a twist of the zoom ring and oh yeah he's, he's further or closer it's you got to move your feet you got to move your feet you got to think about your angles you got to think about uh your back you got to think about everything a bit more it forces you to think about it and as you walk around a subject you understand more and more every single time you do it how the light changes and like yeah the biggest thing that i think deters people from doing this is they'll go out fishing or they'll go out doing something outside They'll grab their phone, take a photo. Mm-hmm. And like that photo might not be interesting. So they go, nah, screw it. I don't want to do it. It's like, look, not every shot's going to be a hero shot. And you're not going to get to getting those really great shots right. until you take a thousand bad ones first. So right, just, just shoot and shoot and shoot. And all of a sudden, you know, months later, you're going to go, wow, I, I, I've kind of figured this out more. Yep. Yeah. Like, and it's you get those bad ones. You don't learn anything from a hero shot. No. And and that's and the whole thing with this hero shot is like I'm in the board where I'm not big on the grip and grin. Right. Um I mean it's more of a hunting thing than a fishing thing. But Oh, it's a big fishing thing. I yeah. Um but yeah, the whole that hero, you know, that I don't really go for the tailgate shots. You know, I want to see the fish i want to see where you were and you know a lot of guys you know fishing guys get kind of funny about that but not every photo has to go on you can tell the story without burning a spot right but i'm thinking even like not every photo has to go on social media either yeah and that's another big thing is man like dude like whether it's my personal like fishing stuff or my own business like i mean i've got so many killer shots that sometimes it's like it's just for me like I don't need to advertise it to the world. Like sometimes I, you know, I like to look back at my own photos. Just that's what that's why I got into it. Yep. You know, I didn't I didn't get into it for the attention. I got into it because you love photography. I love photography, and like yep. you know, you don't have to love photography to enjoy taking photos on your adventures. But I, I'm telling you, you're gonna enjoy your adventures more if you get some good photos of them. You will. Yeah. I mean, if you if you can go out and get some really killer photos of a trip. It, it, you're gonna look back on it more fondly, and you're gonna look at it more often too. Like, you're right. Like I'm thinking, like I got photos. So I mean, I love social media. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. we all have one, or most of us all have. It's one. a love hate relationship. It's a love hate relationship. Yeah. yeah, and I'm on the board where, like, I probably post more than I should. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't post nearly as much as I have. Right. You know, is you know, yeah, like my. my my Instagram, I've got like six thousand posts. I'm like, oh jeez. I just top four hundred. Yeah. yeah, it's and you know I have two different pages. One for this Arizona, the field podcast, and also my photography mm-hmm. page. Um, 
where I do I do mostly like bird photography, and that's what right. I post. Um, I don't post nearly as much of the outdoor content that I get. Um, Why is that? The whole thing about burning spots. Yeah. Um, that's, people. That's the that's the ugly side of social media. People. Yeah. It's the it's and it's not just fishing either. It's my hunting. Like my friends see the photos, you know, and I'll send them in a group chat or I'll throw it like on a Google Drive, and you know, it's and not just by all my friends. I'm like I'm saying like the guys and gals that were on the trip. You know, right. say hey, you know, hey Taylor, you know, I got this badass photo, or hey Pat, or hey, you know, whomever. Right. Hey, check this out, and you know, I might sell a print here or there, but you know, and I and I do post hunting content and fishing content, but I feel like a lot of them guys can tell where we were. Mm-hmm. And I also and that's and this that's that I've had a hard time walking that tightwire because I came from an area a mentality where you don't post like when social media first came out it was like you don't post what you shot it, yeah yeah and I was the same way just because you're like this could be bad if I post then it could blow up some spots and then you know here we are years later and it happened anyways yeah I mean and there's there's not a lot of spots out that are true secrets that anymore. are true secrets. Yeah. I mean, it's a secret with you and 20 other guys or you and thousand other guys. Right. You know, in Arizona more, specifically, if 20 people know about a spot, like it's gone, it's done for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I remember Canyon Creek when I first started, like, I mean, Canyon Creek's never been a secret, but I mean, fly fishing has grown so exponentially in just the last two years mm-hmm. that I used to be able to go to Canyon Creek on a weekday in the middle of like February yep. and I'd have the whole Creek to myself. Now there's nine other people there and it's fine. You know, yep. it, it's a, it's a common spot, public land. We all got to share it. Um, certainly doesn't make me want to go back though. Right. And it's the same thing. You know, it's like I've posted, um, I've gotten a little bit into like filming too, the, the filmography, the videography and mm-hmm. like you always get the texts or the messages or comments. Hey, where was this? Or Hey, you know, I yeah. think I know what this was. Am I right? and you get I'll, tired of answering it yeah i'll dm a few of them so yeah you're on the right track or a lot of them i'll just you know say you know what i'm not trying to be a mean guy about it it's just eh, it's which Do is your work the, i mean right yeah. which is the downside of social media is you know i want to and that's why i like doing this podcast though is that i feel like it's giving me an outlet where i can talk to folks without feeling like right. i'm burning everybody um because you're like because i mean you mentioned like canyon but you know you don't know what pull off you're at you don't know what you know, it's you're not hot spotting. You're just it's a spot that everyone knows know, about. Yeah, there's seven million people in the valley, and three three million more know about it anyways. So well, and, you know, and it's funny. I I don't know if I told you this, but so I went to I went to a lake in the White Mountains. I won't name the lake. You know, in the name of hot spotting, <laughs> I ended up having a crazy good day. I caught a bunch of really big browns. Yeah, um, it was an awesome experience. I was sight casting streamers to cruising browns. It was uh, epic took a bunch of pictures and i ended up catching like eight fish over 18 inches yeah posted Damn. the photos on instagram on facebook and i you know intentionally i was like i don't want to just answer the question of like oh where is this where is this and me have to tell like 40 dudes like oh man sorry i'm not telling like and then they all get <laughs> upset so i just i tagged a different lake and i tagged woods canyon lake because i thought it was blatantly obvious oh i do remember this but i thought it was obvious <laughs> like, there's no browns in woods canyon at least i think there are i don't think there are but if there are they're definitely not that big right and they're definitely aren't that plentiful so like i thought i was being pretty obvious because I, I, my, my, I wanted to be like hey i'm not telling you where this is 
I don't want to argue with you about where this is. And you can't get mad at me for not burning a spot. So I thought that's what I was doing by tagging a very obviously like it's not this lake. Right. I upset a lot of people. A lot of people. And I had guides that were like, yo, like, thanks for doing what you're doing. But like, people are calling me now and ask me like where to catch the big browns at Woods Canyon. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line to walk. It's, it's one of those that, like I said, you don't want a really hot spot, mm-hmm. but you but and you talk to if you ever talk to the old school guys whether they're old school hunters old school fishermen like chris i mean i'm that that photo he showed you i've never seen that photo no that was my first time seeing that photo <laughs> that dude showed me pictures before that he's never posted online yep like he doesn't need to post everything online like i mean i i kind of get it i mean we all kind of want to just like be like boom i caught this huge fish or like i just shot this huge animal like check me out like we all have that in us yeah but like i don't know i think we could all learn more from like i know that fish was big i don't need facebook to know it yep yeah it's it's one of those that it's <sighs> instagram's so, getting increasingly increasingly bad for that oh wicked everybody's chasing yeah. the clout and yeah and i had a i had a our He's one of my very good friends, um, but he was started out as my economics professor in college. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, he became a mentor, um, but his name's Russ Defonce. He's, <laughs> I can't say enough good things about Russ. Um, a lot of good stuff out of my life has come out because of him, like kind of, not making me think different ways, but kind of allow, like, allowing me to think different ways. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of his stuff has helped me down the line. And one of his was in terms of deer hunting um so new york we don't have antler restrictions it's and a lot of guys shoot spikes a lot of guys shoot dicks mm-hmm. i'm one of them like i was never a guy to let one walk um but he always said and it always has always stuck with me that uh just once you see we're gonna do it once but just once put a spike bucket in your crosshairs and then just drop your like just let your rifle down just, just let, let it, it go. down yeah but don't tell anybody that buck is yours that's your memory that's your character because it was like you could have dropped that animal could have shot him. um you know and it's it's what's it's a cliched saying but i find myself saying a lot of cliches yeah we all do but, it's something about being an outdoorsman yeah but it's it's uh Character is what you do when nobody's watching, mm. and you know, and a lot of you know, everybody's you know, your dad was, oh, it's a character building experience. So letting that buck walk, or letting that fish go, or just whatever, you know, it's it kind of makes you think, yeah, so I'm, I'm in this for the right reasons, right. kind of thing. Like I'm not in it to whack and stack, which I've always hated that term. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not in it. It's adequately, like, an off-putting phrase. It is. Yeah. Especially in this day and age when everybody, you know, it's, which I think has been one of my favorite parts about social media is that, I don't know if it's through, you know, uh, like Meat Eater or uh, Randy Newberg or any of these bigger name guys who have taken the emphasis off of the kill. 
And more on the storytelling. And more on the story. Yeah. And I think the guys over at Randy Newberg, so especially, and I mean, I'm just going to be a name dropper right now, but um, he's got one videographer, um, Marcus Hockett, mm-hmm. who, like, I've watched his stuff, and I love his editing. I love his videography. Right. Um, and, you know, it's not, it's not just Marcus, but uh, taking that story, and you know, a lot of times they don't kill anything on that show. And I think it's one of my favorite parts about that show. Yeah. Meat Eater shows all the misses. Like, I mean. They show all the ups and downs. Yeah. And I think that's, and it's, it, it, but it's it, it really. It brings ha- it to a primitive place where, you you know, you see just hero shot after hero shot after hero shot on Instagram. Yep. And you just assume like, oh, these guys are such like, they're so pro at what they're doing. They just don't have bad days. Yeah. Because they don't let us see them. Every day is a good day. Every yep. time they go out, they catch that thirty-inch fish. They shoot that huge buck. Like every time they go out, it's not. That's not realistic. And you know what, though, it's just like what you and Chris were talking about in the last episode. It's like it's, you're not chasing the fish. You're just you're chasing an experience. Yeah. And oh, like yeah. that's the, the what Henry you David should be out shooting. Quote, yeah. It's, yeah. It, you know, like if if you only want to go out and just shoot photos of fish, like great. But like, I think. Like it adds to the experience if you have your phone on you or you have a camera on you, and yeah. just if you're out in the woods and you just you notice something interesting, just take a picture of it. Yep. Because like you might you might run fifty different things like that in one trip if you're looking out for it, and you won't remember any of it if you don't. Yep. Exactly. And that's exactly it. Because and this whole time, cause I'm, I just you know cause I just put us on the whole tangent about you know making sure you have your camera out. Yeah. Is my favorite movie of all time. Um, have you ever seen Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Yeah, absolutely. The end of that movie? The end when he finally meets him. Like, so why did you take the picture? So, so, so Sometimes I don't. Yeah. You know, I like to, you know. Just oh, see it. Just yeah. see the moment. You know. So what about the photo? Let's call it a ghost cat, Walter Mitty. Yeah. And, you know, they go play soccer and that's. Spoilers for whoever hasn't seen it, but that's my favorite freaking movie ever. Yeah, it's um, such a good movie. But, uh, you know, it's it's appreciating it. It's being in the moment. So it's, I mean, fishing photography is, and outdoor photography is much more than taking a photo of a fish or taking a photo yeah, of a deer. Yeah, and it absolutely should be. Yeah, it's, you know, even if it's just a photo of your buddies, you know, he's just, or your buddy just walking down Oak Creek. Yeah. You know, it's, if it's composition right, you know, it's, those are the most, like. Sitting, drinking a beer on a campfire. Sit, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like. Um, That's why we actually go out there. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah, we're out there to kill that animal. Or we're out to catch that fish. Or we're out to do this or that. That's what's bringing us out there. But we all know, like. Right. So it's not the only driving force. If it was the only driving force, we wouldn't spend the kind of money we do on the equipment we right. use to go do it. Yeah. I mean, photos, they're moments, but they're memories. Like, in, yeah. even a photo, like, even a memory. So, I was actually talking to another guy about this, and we're talking about the different photography. And, you know, and, and the point of outdoor photography, you know, telling the story. So, he was using the example of an elk hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, which tend to be very early mornings. Um, it's colder than hell. So, like, the photo that, one of the photos I love is, sitting in camp with your jet boil or whatever you're using to make coffee and you have it's dark it's everything's illuminated by a headlamp and then you're not seeing the coffee itself you can't even see the burner on 
but you're seeing that steam yeah. coming out. And, and that's you it. Some pure black around it. And you yeah. see pure black. Just illuminated. You might see the guy's, uh, like the extension of the guy's ball cap is in the frame. Um, but got that steam coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's just a basic shot. That's it. That's It's just coffee steaming. You know what but, my shot is like that? What's that? Waking up at my house the morning for a fishing trip. Because, you know, I'm always waking up at like 3 or 4 o'clock in the yes. morning for it. It's the first light switch that I hit when I get out of bed. Yeah. Like something about that moment where it's like lights but on, that's, it's and, go time. But that's that memory. Yeah. That it's somebody else's photo. You weren't even on that trip. Mm-hmm. Like it happened in Colorado 10 years ago. But we all so, share those experiences. Exactly. And it's evoking those those. Those, those memories, memories and the feelings that we have when we're on those trips. Exactly. Bringing back those emotions. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I remember shivering around. You know, that was you a You wake up and you know you're just anticipating, like, what can I experience today? What's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, and you I, sit there thinking about that in front of your coffee. Right. I mean, that was, oh, yeah. That's the day that, you know, Joe slipped on the ice and we all laughed our asses off. Right. Kind of thing. Like, yeah. Like, um, you know, and Joe might not be with us anymore. Right. Kind of thing. I mean, those unintended consequences are so profound yeah and it's one of the reasons i love this so much and i feel like we haven't really talked about too much about taking better photos just more like why like yeah but like photos? If, if you're if you're looking at the why that helps you take the photos if you're just like only looking for that pretty fi- picture of that animal right i it, mean it's, that's fine but like like enjoy the experience i mean we all take like these mental notes to remember something throughout our daily, you know, day to day lives. Like we'll see something that just, that makes us feel a certain way. And we, we always like consciously go like, I want to remember this. Why don't you just do it with like a camera? Just, just yeah. grab your phone and like, you know, go on to shopmoment.com, get, get like a stabilizer. If you want to do video, get some <laughs> cool, like polarizing filters so you can see through the glare on the water. If you're doing photo, yeah. like pick up a few of these I'll little knickknacks. You don't need to spend a grand, Spend 50 bucks here, 60 bucks there. Get some little knickknacks that are just going to make the experience more fun yep. so that you feel more encouraged to reach for your phone and your camera while you're out in the field. Yeah, and I think that's that's all you can really do is, yeah. just, is just to get that excitement going. And, you know, because that's why, I mean, I got to admit, you know, when I'm, I mean, when I'm out is I think I get more excited for the photo ops. Mm-hmm. Than I do, and you know, I don't. I'm not a. Uh, the term poser makes it sound like a totally different thing. What I'm trying to go for, but like, I don't like to reenact shots. Yeah, you know, it's I don't it's in the moment. It's candid. It's happening. Right. If it's if it's past, it's past. If it's epic enough, it's like, well, maybe you know, hey, step here again, or you know, try that cast one more time. But uh, but the second you just step in, you're altering the story. Exactly. So I don't like doing that. You know, I want to. I like to have those shots where it's in the moment. Like, you know, like I got one friend in particular that she's got a, uh, this is her fourth year in a row with a bull tag. Third year with a bull tag, she had a cow tag last year. And then coincidentally was the year that I called a bull in a 25 yards for her. Oh, But geez. she's never shot an elk. She, I don't think she's ever harvested anything. She shot like quail. Um, but she's been bow hunting for a few years, has yet to be successful keeps after it keeps after it and it's like all right so we gotta get her on a bull she's put in the time she's you know it's you know and she it, paid her dues she's paid her in full yeah yeah in full and it's you know the one photo that i'm really looking forward to this fall if we can get it done 
is if we can get it done this fall to get her to stick a bull. And when the first time she lays hands on horn, that's, you know, it's when that sets in, you know, I'm yeah. going to be torn between celebrating and photographing, you know, it's like, it's, it's one of those difficulties that I have. And probably other folks have too, is it's the price we pay as photographers. It is. It is. Cause it's, and that's one goal I've made this year is I don't want to hunt nearly as much. I'm going to hunt. I'm just not going to carry a shotgun as much. Yeah. Um, my life this year is, I mean, I'm doubling down on the outdoor photography this year. Is You'll I wanna, probably learn a lot more about hunting just by doing that, just because you're not right. trying to focus on the things you're usually focused on. You're, you might be more present for other aspects of what the hunting experience is. Right, and that's and that's if it if that's what happens, I'm gonna love it because I mean that's gonna be just an unintended consequence. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's just capturing those moments. Um, like I said, gun dogs, uh, bird dogs. I love. Yeah. Shooting dogs. I mean, who doesn't like a dog? Um, Unfortunately, there's a, there's a lot of people out there that don't, don't like dogs. I mean, oh. well, in, yeah, but if we don't you're, tend to if surround like, ourselves with those people. I was going to say, if you don't like dogs, there's a good chance we're not friends in the first place. Yeah. So it's um, it's not going to matter too much to me. But um, just seeing a dog working, uh, you know, like I said, my Labrador. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I never got a photo of it this year, but I had one shot that I wish I had gotten is uh, we were doing a training day. It was the same day I, I shot that one of Rudy. When, you know, I said he's got the human eyes with so much emotion. Um, Boone put up his bird. It was his training bird. And this bird's flushing away from us. And I had the camera. And I couldn't stop laughing my ass off. Because mm-hmm. this, this bird is flying straight away from all of us. I mean, there was three or four shooters with, with shotguns and me shooting with a camera and Boone put this bird up because he's a flusher. He put this bird up. The bird's flying away from him. He get, runs next to it and just looks over on the side and like, hey, what are you doing? Just trotted next to this bird for like 100 yards. Just oh. just pace for pace the whole time. Just like, wait, is it going to drop? I mean, what's going oh, on? Oh, he's looking like, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're going to fly faster? You know, but it's a it's a pen raised Bob White. You don't have that much muscle to begin with. Right. But he just looked at it. It's just so dang funny. Like, cause he just got his head pulled full over. Like, you know, Hey, you're going to hit another gear or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, uh, those kind of moments. I mean, that's one of those that, you know, it's, it's a ghost cat Walter maybe kind of moments, yeah. but Oh my God, I was laughing my ass off so hard at that. But yeah, you know, grab a camera, even if it's a phone, just, just, Get just, the get, shot. just get the shot. Make sure it's within you know reach. Like you said, if if you have to reach for it too much, then you're just not going to do it. Yep. Make sure your phone's e- easily accessible. I mean, basically every phone that comes out now is waterproof. So like, what have you got to lose? <laughs> right. Just a trip to the store. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah. Just get the insurance. But all right, I think we're going to kick it out of this room here in yeah, a second. Thanks so. for having me on, man. Yeah. Thanks for jumping on, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. Sounds good, man. All right. Bye.